Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. This is episode number four, and we'll be discussing plant-based living. So what is plant-based living? First, today we're going to cover some basic definitions, reasons why you would maybe want to go plant-based, including why I went plant-based to start with what you can actually eat when you are plant-based, and how you can transition to being plant-based. Some basic definitions. So being plant-based can sometimes come with a lot of different terms that I think should be defined up front so we're all on the same page. So when you're vegan, that means you do not eat any animal products whatsoever. No meats, no eggs, no dairy, that includes fish, no fish. I get that question a lot if being vegan means that you eat chicken and fish. No, you do not when you're vegan. Vegetarian, they choose not to eat animal flesh, so they will still eat eggs and dairy. Plant-based in general can be used to describe somebody that is vegan, vegetarian, or one of the other diets that I've got coming up here in a minute. Pescatarian, they do not do any red meat or poultry, but they do eat fish or seafood. Lacto-ovo-vegetarian is a traditional vegetarian where they don't do any meat, but they do eggs and dairy. So an ovo-vegetarian does no meat and no dairy, but they eat eggs. And a lacto-vegetarian means they do not do meat or eggs but they will eat dairy. So that's a lot to take in, especially if you haven't been exposed to these lifestyles before. There's not going to be a quiz or a bunch of questions at the end to make sure you remembered exactly what each definition is, but know there are different ways to be plant-based that can accommodate what you want or you need in your life. <clears throat> Most people have a wide variety of reasons for going plant-based, but here are some common ones. So the first thing a lot of people think of is animals. They go vegan, vegetarian, whatever it may be for the animals. This way there's no pain and no slaughter for sentient beings. And a little fact here, a lot of the meat that we eat, those animals are slaughtered before they're even one year old. A lot of them are slaughtered in the three to six month range. So another reason you can go plant-based besides caring deeply for animals is caring for the planet. So factory farms, which is where a majority of our meat in America comes from, is not only harsh on the animals, that's a very hard life, but it's also really not good for the planet either. I won't go into details here, that could be a whole episode by itself on um, factory farms and there are tons of documentaries out there that will show you what sometimes happens inside of factory farms and why they are not great for the environment. So just know, factory farms, not that great for the environment. Then there's also people that choose to go plant-based because they care about their health. So being vegan, vegetarian, anything plant-based at all, you're cutting out some of the processed foods 
that contain the milk, the dairy, the byproducts from animals. But they're also cutting out low-quality foods, low-quality meats and dairies that are full of antibiotics and lots of hormones of all different types. And I know that I personally went vegan for all three of these reasons. So my story, I was having a lot of stomach issues basically my whole life. And I thought the issues that I, were have, I was having were normal. I won't go into the gory details here, but just a quick rundown. Constant gas pains, abdominal pain, blood in your stool, constipation, etc. These are not normal. Fluctuating between constipation to diarrhea, that is not a normal thing you should be experiencing. I want you to know that. So when I started doing some research to see what this could be, what could possibly be causing, once I realized I had issues, what could be causing my issues, I was afraid that I had Crohn's. So the reason I immediately jumped to Crohn's, I know it's like a, you Google your medical condition, you come up with the worst possible scenario. So Crohn's can be hereditary. And my cousin has Crohn's, so I was worried that there was something genetically wrong, and a lot of my symptoms lined up with Crohn's. So I went ahead at the age of, I believe, 22 or 23, got a colonoscopy and an endoscopy done. But they were so backed up at that doctor that I was going to have to wait a whole month before I got my test results. And at this point, I already knew I had stomach issues. I knew something was wrong, didn't know what exactly it was. And in the meantime, my cousin, who had Crohn's, switched to a vegan diet, and it cleared up a lot of her symptoms. So then you throw in the fact that I also decided to watch a vegan documentary. <laughs> I saw what it was like in the factory farms, how bad it was for the environment, not just the animals, but the environment as well. The next day I went vegan. <gasps> and I've been vegan now for almost five years. So I guess the real question is, how did it fix my issues? I will say it has drastically reduced all of the issues that I was having. And so then you may be wondering, well, what were my test results that one month later? So I went back one month later. I do not have Crohn's, thankfully. I do not have any other major symptom, but I was diagnosed with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. Food and stress can be major causes of IBS. And I find now that my IBS only flares up when I get really stressed out or with hormone changes. So I have since watched many vegan documentaries. And they are not all created equal. They all talk about different things. Some really good ones that you can get easy access to. Some of them may still be on Netflix or you can find them on some other streaming service if you don't have Netflix are Game Changers. So Game Changers does not really go into the slaughterhouses and show you all that negativity, but it shows you professional athletes that are vegan and what they've been able to accomplish on a vegan diet and how the veganism is not hurting their performance as athletes. So Game Changers is really cool. <clears throat> Cowspiracy is another one that I've watched and Forks Over Knives. 
is also really good as well. I will say Forks Over Knives also is a meal planning app. And they've got a newsletter that they send out on a regular basis with new free recipe ideas that you can try. So Forks Over Knives is a very big, all-encompassing brand almost for veganism. And I will also say this sparked my love for animals. I've always loved animals. Always had cats and dogs. And I always loved pigs, even though I'd never met a pig before. <laughs> So going vegan led me down the rabbit hole of a farm sanctuary. And I know that's not something everybody has heard of or knows what that is. So what a farm sanctuary does is they are a safe space for farmed animals. We've got shelters for cats and dogs and sometimes some other random animals will pop up there too. But these farm sanctuaries will take in pigs and goats and alpacas and cows and donkeys and you may be wondering well where the heck do these farm animals even come from that need a safe space to land so the farm sanctuary that i volunteered at in duplin county <clears throat> they got their start from hurricane florence it happened quite a few years ago it was a devastating hurricane in the area that i lived in which was new Bern, north carolina and it devastated eastern North Carolina really badly. So in Duplin County, though, what happened with Hurricane Florence, the factory farms left the pigs behind. Kind of like your Walmart or Sam's Club. They're not going to pack up all their inventory because a storm is coming. They just kind of leave it behind, and they'll get it covered in insurance later if something bad happens. It was the same way with these factory farms. Duplin County... I believe as the United States has the largest per capita amount of pig, hog, factory farms in the whole United States. So there's a ton of them out there, and a lot of them left their pigs behind. So what that meant was when the historic flooding came through, a lot of the pigs did perish, but there were ones that actually swam away in the floodwaters. So that meant when the waters came back down, people got back into their homes if they evacuated. There were these three, four hundred pound pigs wandering around people's backyards, rooting around, eating what they could find. What do you do with all those pigs? I know there are some people that would say, just put them down, you got free meat. But that, at least for me, is not what I believe. I believe they deserved, after going through a hurricane, they deserved as happy as a life as anybody could give them. So that's where Sisu Refuge in Duplin County went ahead and was founded. So I volunteered at that farm sanctuary for a couple of years until I moved away. I'm now six and a half, seven hours away, so I can't volunteer as regularly as I would like to. Pigs are definitely still my favorite farm animal, to be sure, but I got to have great experience with cows and donkeys, alpacas and goats and chickens and roosters, possums even they rescued, cats, you name it. So that was really a great way to interact with these animals that most people do not get to interact with on a daily basis. I know most people don't get to go meet a thousand pound pig that's living his best life out in the pasture, rooting around, sunbathing, 
getting in the mud and in the ponds that they have on the property. So it was really something amazing to see. So I say all that to say once you realize that these animals, not that they, they do have souls, but once you realize that pigs are very similar to dogs, it may affect how you might be willing to eat pork after that. So for me, animal care was huge with the veganism, especially after I started volunteering at the farm sanctuary. Those pigs, they know their name. They sit for treats. They love belly rubs, so they will drop over for belly rubs. Even the 1,000-pound alpha of the herd, Hank, we call him Hank the Tank, loves belly rubs. He loves people. He is the sweetest boy you will ever meet, even though he is super big. So, all that to say, if there's a farm sanctuary near you, you should totally go volunteer and check them out, even if all you can do is tour. Maybe there's not one near you and you can donate instead. That would be amazing and help any farm sanctuary out greatly. Most of the time, farm sanctuaries get way more requests to take in animals than they can economically and physically take on, which is really sad. There are so many out, animals out there in need, especially for a safe space like a farm sanctuary. So it's not just pigs that swim away in floods that need a safe spot to land. There are hoarding cases where people take on two or three pigs, don't get them fixed, and pigs can have 10 plus piglets in a litter. All of a sudden they went from three pigs to 65 pigs in a little pen. So then they need a farm sanctuary to step in and take their animals over after animal control comes in and takes care of that. So there's all different reasons, there's all different ways those animals wound up on the property in Sisu. And I think those animals are absolutely beautiful. So then you may wonder, when you switch to a plant-based diet, what do you actually eat? People a lot of times will immediately think, you must eat nothing but spaghetti, rice, beans, and salads. And I will say there's so much more out there than that. There are bean burgers, and when I say bean burgers, I don't mean just black bean. You can do chickpea burgers, white bean burgers, you name it. A lot of restaurants actually offer bean burgers as a vegan or vegetarian option. Some of them at restaurants are made with egg, which makes them not vegan, but they are vegetarian. And sometimes in restaurants, the egg will be, the bun, sorry, will be made with egg as well or have some kind of egg wash on the outside. So if you are going vegan, something I do at restaurants with the bean burger and everything is I ask, hey, is this vegan? Does it have any egg in there? If you are that specific and want to be vegan. So besides bean burgers, people that are plant-based eat chili, burritos, salads, soups, sushi, Thai food. So when you think Thai food, think pad thai, stir-fry, veggie lo mein, curry, Indian food, so you can think Indian curry, korma, Mediterranean food is also amazing, falafel is really good, hummus. We can also do lots of pastas, being plant-based. We There are so many options. If you love meatballs to go in your pasta, instead of using ground beef or turkey or 
chicken, whatever it is you use to make your meatballs, you can make them out of eggplant. You can make them out of beans. You can buy frozen processed meatballs to put in your pasta if you really want that extra little bit in there. I find I love a ratatouille. So it's got different types of squashes and eggplants, some garlic, tomatoes, onion, and I top it with a lot of pesto that I make myself, and it is amazing. So there is way more to plant-based eating than just plain spaghetti, rice, beans, and plain salad. I've eaten some of the most amazing salads out of some of my cookbooks than I ever could have imagined in my life. I never used to eat salads before I went vegan, but I eat them now not because I need to, but because I have found some amazing recipes that I absolutely love. So now, where do you find vegan options? What if there's no vegan, you don't think there's anything vegan by you? So you can find at most grocery stores processed vegan cheeses, vegan deli meats, Freezer pizzas, faux chicken nuggets, faux meatballs, burgers, sausages, mac and cheese, etc. And this is available at all different types of grocery stores, including Walmart. When I lived in New Bern, I did most of my grocery shopping at Walmart. A lot of this stuff I just listed is in the freezer section. Usually, stores will kind of push all your plant-based stuff together in one section so you're not scrambling through each and every section looking for one or two options. They'll kind of put it all together so you can see it all at once. You can also make a lot of these options from scratch, which can be cheaper and healthier. So you think eggplant meatballs or eggplant parm instead of chicken parm, cashew cream cheese, sunflower sausage, which sounds a little crazy, but it's a sunflower breakfast sausage. So good. There's also sunflower mac and cheese. You can make mac and cheese like a cheesy sauce with almost any type of nut. doesn't have to just be sunflowers. You can do bean or veggie burgers from scratch. You can also use seatin to make homemade meats of all different types. And seatin is made with vital wheat gluten and a couple of other things. It is very interesting. I haven't expanded too far down the seatin rabbit hole, but I totally will soon. So besides finding processed vegan options or making them yourself, a lot of restaurants also offer vegan options. Sometimes it's not listed directly on the menu, and you have to ask. So sometimes I'll call ahead. If I don't see something on the menu that could be vegetarian or vegan, I'll call and Sometimes a chef is willing to work with you and make a special vegan dish just for you. Other times, restaurants will actually have like a secret vegan menu where if you ask, they will bring you a list of six or seven items that are vegan that are not on their traditional menu. So that's always pretty cool. And sometimes you can find all vegan restaurants or maybe half vegan restaurants or all vegetarian restaurants. So a lot of big cities have these amazing options for restaurants. I know I live near Asheville, North Carolina, and there are a ton of either all vegan restaurants or half and half where they've got half their stuff with meat, the other half is plant-based. 
So it's amazing to see. I know Raleigh has a lot of options as well. Anytime I drive through Raleigh, I definitely stop at one of my favorite restaurants and pick up some food. So then you might be wondering, well, eggplant meatballs are not the same as red meat meatballs, so how do you get enough nutrients? Uh, one of people's biggest concerns is the protein intake. We are, it is pushed on us from a young age that you get protein from meat, eggs, and fish. It is shoved down our throats so that that's the only spot where you get protein. But nobody really says that nuts and seeds and legumes and beans, including tofu, quinoa, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, asparagus, spinach, the list goes on, all have protein in them. We don't really get told that. <gasps> so for me, protein is not a huge concern. And I will not go down that rabbit hole too much, but I am an athlete. I train for triathlons, and I am not overly concerned where I'm eating four protein bars a day and 12 protein smoothies a week to try to, quote-unquote, get enough protein. So I want you to think that through. Now, is it possible to not get enough protein on a plant-based diet? Absolutely. Is it possible to maybe not get enough of all your other nutrients on a plant-based diet? Yes. But it is also possible to do a lot of that while eating a quote-unquote traditional diet too, to be lacking in, a not, oh, lacking in a lot of nutrients, vitamins, minerals. I will say if you're eating no animal products at all, a real concern is vitamin B12. So the only sources of vitamin B12 that have a lot of B12 are animal products. B12 comes in meat. It also comes in your eggs. So if you're vegetarian and you eat eggs, you won't have to worry about vitamin B12. If you're vegan like I am and I don't eat eggs, the only thing that I can get B12 from, there may be one or two other things, but the big one I know about is nutritional yeast. I love nutritional yeast, but I definitely don't make that a meal or put that on everything that I eat. So I take vitamin B12 in a pill form. It's a vegan pill. So not perfect, not ideal, but to heal my guts and to take care of animals and the environment, it is totally well worth it to me personally. I also get my personal nutrient levels checked yearly at my yearly checkup. I have them draw blood work and tell me what everything is, my iron level, you name it, just to make sure I'm not over or under on something that I shouldn't be. So then I'm a sweet tooth kind of person. So when I went vegan, I think that's what kind of hurt me the most was giving up the dairy. I love ice cream and cookies and cakes and you name it. I know sugar is not that good for you. I am working on that, and that's going to be a whole separate episode, is just sugar by itself. But for vegan desserts, you can totally be creative. You can still have everything you possibly want. Not only can you buy stuff from the store, cookies and some muffin packets you might pick up could be vegan as well, but you can still make what you want at home cookies, cakes, muffins, icing, you name it. 
So instead of eggs, I use ground flax seed. So when that ground flax seed is mixed with the right ratio of water, it actually will congeal up like an egg. It gives you that egg-like consistency. So I'm not saying, though, to take your favorite cake recipe and substitute the eggs for flaxseed. I would not do that at all. I would look up a vegan cake recipe because there may be a few other things you need to sub and those recipes will have it better figured out with the right ratios for you. So if a recipe that you bake with calls for milk, you can use almond milk, oat milk, coconut milk, soy milk. The list goes on with what you want to do, and they come in different flavors. So they've got the regular unsweetened, they've got sweetened, they've got vanilla flavored, you name it. So I use almond milk. Instead of traditional butter that you buy at the store, there are lots of options now that you can get at all different stores, including Walmart. My favorite is the Earth Balance Butter. And it actually is made from sunflowers, I believe. So sometimes some of my baking recipes call for cans of coconut milk or applesauce and boiling hot water. So when I see things like that, it actually makes me kind of excited <laughs> to try and experiment with new things. And I have never had a recipe with some of these funky things in here come out bad. They have always come, came out amazing. So there are tons of recipes online for anything you can think of. You just have to be willing to search for it and give it a try. At the store, not only do they make maybe the cookies you're looking for, but they also make vegan chocolate chips and ice cream and cookie dough. I will say a lot of this stuff is more expensive than the dairy alternative or the alternative that has dairy or eggs in it. But it also goes back to we shouldn't really be eating this stuff on a regular basis anyway. So if you are going to treat yourself infrequently, the extra dollar does not make a difference. Now, if you're eating a pint of ice cream every single day, that'll add up by the end of the year. But if you buy yourself a pint of ice cream once every six months, that extra dollar is not the end of the world. And I will also say, yet again, for that peace of mind, knowing that it's better for your body, the environment, and on animals, to me makes a difference, and I'm more, I'm willing to spend the extra dollar or two. Some other side notes, there's a few surprising things that are out there at the store that are traditional, that everybody thinks of, that are vegan, that you can look up online, like Oreos, totally accidentally vegan. They didn't do it on purpose. They don't put it on their brand and say these are vegan cookies. But nothing in there comes from an animal product unless you get the fudge dipped Oreos. Those, the fudge has some milk in there, I believe. So there's lists online of all these accidental items. So maybe some of your favorite things you like to buy at the store are accident, accidentally vegan that you can continue to eat. So the biggest thing that I was worried about when I first transitioned to being vegan, how do I do it in my area and on a budget? So where I lived, we didn't have a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's, and even then, Whole Foods can be very expensive depending on what you're buying. 
So those two places, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, I think are some of the first places people think of when they think, I'm going to go vegan and that's where I'm shopping. Where I lived in Newburgh, North Carolina, the nearest Whole Foods and Trader Joe's was over two hours away from my house. And even right now where I live, it's a good 45 minutes to an hour to get to those stores. So I do not go very often, and I'm able to find tons of vegan options at other stores and cheaper at other stores. Maybe not Trader Joe's, but definitely cheaper than Whole Foods prices. So I have found tons of vegan options at Walmart, Harris Teeter, Food Lion, Publix, Ingalls, Aldi. The list continues to go on. Sometimes I will say, depending on what I need, I will have to go to two or three stores. To me, that's not the end of the world, especially if the stores are right next to each other. And sometimes I would go to two or three stores just for the price difference. Other times I would do it because I really wanted that special vegan sausage that I knew was only at that one store. So I think it's worth a look at your local grocery stores that you shop at frequently, kind of browse around, see what they have, what are the prices, and go from there. So being on a budget, sometimes being vegan or plant-based is not the easiest thing to do. And I will say, I do it on a budget, and I do very well. But if you have a family, and you're still buying meat for your family, meat and dairy and eggs, but you are trying to be vegan and you are trying to buy yourself the fake processed version of that. So if you're making spaghetti with meatballs for dinner one night, you buy your family meatballs and you buy yourself the vegan meatballs. That, in my mind, is just an added expense. Your budget's going to go up. There's no, there's no possible way it can go down if you're just adding additional items without removing anything from there. And if you try to substitute every single thing and just make it vegan store-bought, it's going to cost you more money. I've got an example here. So the big expenses are going to add up if you buy, if you try to substitute every single dairy item you eat, especially if you eat a lot of dairy, with a vegan dairy option, your bill is going to go up greatly. So vegan butter can run around 4 or $5 for a tub. Vegan ice cream, between 5 or 7 a pint. I can catch it on sale for two fifty a pint, though. So completely depending on you and your stores and how well you shop for it. Vegan shredded cheeses, $4 and up for a small packet. Vegan cream cheese is $5 and up for a small packet. So if you try to... Just take what you eat instead of cutting some down. <clears throat> that will add up for you on a budget. So what I found is I had to learn to do without all having all the dairy options in my house all at the same time. So now if you love ice cream, you don't have to do without ice cream forever. But instead of buying it weekly, try to buy it every other week or monthly. Because number one, it's better for you in general anyway. And it'll slowly wean you off the ice cream. Same thing with vegan cream cheese. Most people do not put cream cheese on something 
super healthy or in something super healthy. So if it's more expensive and you look at it as a treat instead of being a consistent that you need to keep in your fridge at all times, that will help with your budget. Something you can also do back to the ice cream is you can learn how to make, I'm doing quotes here, nice cream. So that's usually frozen bananas as a base. I haven't tried a lot of it yet myself, but they do have like mint chocolate chip nice cream that you can make at home. So some really cool options. And honestly, frozen bananas are a lot cheaper than a $5 pint of vegan ice cream if you really like the ice cream. And honestly, bananas would give it that sweet flavor without all the added sugars that are in regular ice cream or vegan ice cream that you buy at the store. So that's an alternative as well. So to me, sticking to being vegan on a budget was about changing my mindset with how I ate and what meals are meant to be. I grew up in a house that ate meats with every single meal, and casseroles were a, con were a consistent meal that we ate. And casseroles have a ton of cheeses in there, a ton of those dairy products. When I first went plant-based, I tried to replace everything meat that I ate with everything processed, frozen, fake meat instead. So this will not cause your grocery bill to go down, even if you convince your whole family you should do it. But your grocery bill might go up. It'll probably stay the same, though. And I had to shift my mindset that not every meal needed to have meat and some form of dairy to be a complete meal with air quotes there over the word complete so now I make lots of different meals one of my favorite salads is quinoa smoked tempa avocado salad greens homemade Caesar dressing it's got no processed meats no real meat and no cheeses needed at all you can also do a beautiful stir-fry with lots of nutrients and pro and proteins from all the vegetables, you can throw in toasted chickpeas, you could throw in some tempeh or tofu if you wanted, and that doesn't need processed meat or cheeses. Whether it's real meat or cheese or the vegan meat or cheese. So I used processed, processed meats and cheeses to help with my transition to become plant-based, to learn how to cook with tofu. That was a learning curve. And that will totally be its own episode, too. But I have since realized that there is another way to be. What we've been taught is the right way to eat, the exact perfect way a human should eat and operate is not true. It is not true. <laughs> they have lied to us from day one for a lot of reasons. And that will also be another episode. So now, how do you transition to being plant-based? Maybe you've heard something in this episode that will inspire you, or maybe you want to watch some of those documentaries, and those will inspire you to become plant-based. So there is no right or wrong way to transition. I transitioned basically overnight. <sighs> maybe not the best solution. I had a really hard time because I didn't realize so many things weren't vegan. Like Cheerios. They put sheep's wool in Cheerios to give it vitamin B12. Why? Am I right? That blew my mind 
when I found that out and I was pissed because I felt like I was being lied to because it doesn't say on the ingredients list sheep's wool or I'm sure more people would know what that is. I started eating things that I assumed were vegan and I would Google it, are Cheerios vegan? And then I would get the answer and it would tell me, no, they're not. And here's the reason for that. So me transitioning overnight, I had a rough time because I realized things that I thought were vegan were not. So you might be one of those people that needs to do it overnight. If you are, I wish you the best of luck. It took me a little bit to figure out what I was doing, but once I figured it out, I would never go back. But you can start with meatless Mondays. Maybe Taco Tuesdays without meat instead. Or maybe you just remove dairy first. And it doesn't have to be all dairy. Maybe you start by saying, I'm going to switch out the cream cheese for vegan cream cheese. Then I'm going to switch out shredded cheese for some vegan shreds. I will warn you, not all vegan processed cheeses are created equal. So it took me a lot of experimentation. I can toss that into another episode as well with which ones I found to be the best and the easiest to work with. So you can do your transition over the course of a week. If you think you only need a week to kind of weed some things out, maybe you're close to being plant-based as it is. Maybe you need a month to kind of work through it, figure out some of the kinks. Maybe you need a year to slowly wean yourself off one thing at a time and you say, okay, August, I'm cutting out red meat. September, I'm going to cut out dairy. October, I'm going to cut out fish. And you just slowly work through it that way. But it is completely up to you. And you may never actually transition fully to being vegan, vegetarian, plant-based. Maybe you absolutely love chicken. And you don't want to give up chicken. That's okay. But maybe you would be better off and your health would be better off if you stopped eating the dairy. It's, to me, it follows a little bit of an elimination diet where you don't know until you cut it out if you feel any better and what kind of improvements are made on your health. You may try something and say, I'm going to cut out dairy for six months and go back and decide to say, hey, I really miss cheese, so I'll bring cheese back, but the rest I won't do. That's completely up to you, too. You can do whatever you want or need to do, whatever aligns with who you are and what you need from this. The choice is completely up to you. It is your body and your life. So I mentioned before, Forks Over Knives is not just a documentary, but it's also a meal planning app. So they've got an app. They have a free version. They do have a paid version as well. This meal planning app, you can actually set up how many servings you need of each. Do you want to eat leftovers certain days of the week? They will help you figure out how to batch cook some of what you need for those recipes. They will produce your grocery list for you to make shopping easier. I definitely paid for the meal planning app for a while because it was a lot easier. But not just their meal planning app, they have a website with a ton of free recipes. So if you're just looking for some inspiration to see if it's even possible to switch your chili from a meat-based chili to a vegan chili, 
go ahead and look up their website and look through and see what the options are and see what's out there. So to me, forks over knives can totally help with your transition while you're going to plant-based. So now, what if your family doesn't want to be plant-based? Then what do you do? <sighs> so my, at the time when I went vegan, I had an ex, I have an ex-husband, my sister and ex-brother-in-law were living in the house with me, and none of them wanted anything to do with being vegan. None of them. So I was determined to make it work somehow because I really was passionate about being vegan. So what we started doing was we would cook vegan food in the house and we would keep meat and dairy in the house so anyone that didn't want to eat something fully vegan could then add the dairy and cook and add the meat on the back end. So this way I can get what I needed being vegan but they could still eat the meat if they chose to. Eventually, after trying the vegan food, so they would try it before they would add the meat and dairy. So eventually, after trying the vegan foods, they all began to realize that vegan food is not that bad. It is not that crazy. It does not taste like nothing. You know, you can actually make some really good vegan dishes. <clears throat> and we began going to vegan restaurants and things like that together. So were they ever 100% vegan? Not all the time, not forever, and that's okay. The fact is that they were vegan for a little while with me, and then sometimes they decided they didn't want to be anymore, and that's okay too. They did what they needed to do for them, and that's what was important, is that I supported their choices and they supported mine. So if your family is not supportive, especially in the beginning, just give them time and patience, but make sure you let them know that it's important to you. Do not let them bully out, bully you out of your decision if it is important and means a lot to you. So you do what you need to do for you, and eventually, hopefully, after trying some of the vegan food, vegetarian food, whatever it is, they will get on board. Maybe they'll never become 100% vegan or plant-based with you, and if they do, they may not stick to it forever, but if they love you and honor your choices, they will support you with what you want to do for yourself, your body, your health. So I think having that open relationship where you support them in their choices and they will hopefully support you in your choices is really important. So to sum it all up, people choose plant-based living for a variety of reasons. Sometimes the animals, their health, the environment, sometimes all three. Sometimes there's other reasons, too, but those to me were the big three, not just for me, but that I've heard other people talk about. So you get to make that decision and choice and the reasons for you. There are plenty of things that you can eat when you're plant-based. Almost anything, whether almost anything you can think of, you can eat if you're plant-based, whether that's a store-bought option or a homemade option. You can find these store-bought options at almost every grocery store. You may need to shift your mindset to do all this on a budget. Remember, not every meal needs to have dairy and meat to be a complete meal. That is a lie. You can start small with your transition, or you can start big, depending on what you need and what your family needs as well.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. Join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more amazing content.